1: Welcome back, listeners. I'm here today again with Jim Donovan for part two. Jim is a professional musician, as well as being a teacher in a number of different ways. In in part one, we talked about his background in education and how he came to be involved with different types of world music. We talked a lot about various types of African music. And today we're gonna find out a lot more about what Jim is doing today. About the kind of music that he creates, and the way that he has developed a way for non musicians to tap into this amazing power, this amazing energy, this experience, so Jim Donovan, welcome back for part two. Uh, it's great to be here, Bob, thank you, Jim. I want to hear about the kind of music that you came to be involved in in creating first, so how'd you go from? this college student who was learning about music and experimenting with music to being a professional musician.
0: My whole reason for going to college was not to get a degree, even though I told my parents it was, it was to find people to join a band and and make, make music with. And I, I found them at, at Pitt, University of Pittsburgh. Actually, these were people that, um, one of them was a really really good friend of mine, Patrick Norman, who was a guitar player at the time. And he and I took African drumming together. And there was a young woman in there named Liz Berlin, who uh, is, you know, be- became one of the singers in Rusted Root. And she was the one that asked me to uh, get involved with her and the the lead singer and the writer in the band. His name was Michael Labicky, And so we uh, we started uh, making music together, we we entered a battle of the bands contest like our first week together and got in, and it and it kind of uh, propelled us into getting shows, you know, local shows around Pittsburgh, and fast forward, you know we we amassed a following, locally and regionally. We got a record deal, uh, Mercury Records at the time, and 1994 released a record called When I Woke which went uh i think it's triple platinum now it is uh there's a song called send me on my way that's still uh still getting a lot of airplay uh, especially on these these new apps like there's a one called TikTok that really young kids use and they're using the song for their for their videos which it's really interesting uh but you know we in in doing all that i got to tour around uh, around the united states probably 30 times or so and we we played with you know some of my heroes we we did a whole 1995 tour with the guys from Led Zeppelin Robert Plant and Jimmy Page and uh two summer tours with Allman Brothers two summer tours with Santana uh we played with the Grateful Dead and as a result uh just you know ha- had a whole career as as a performer you know out out in the world doing that thing and the music, the rusted root music that the earliest music, the music that was probably the most popular, was heavily influenced by my time in African drumming at University of Pittsburgh, I was, I I learned that, you know, that music really uh, caused people to want to move and the the kind of music rusted root was creating, was doing the same thing. And I I wanted to bring that flavor of feeling in into the live show. Um, And that that feeling that you know, the repetitious rhythm, could cause people to have um, unique experiences as an audience member, where especially if they're dancing that they they could experience more of themselves than maybe they typically would at a show. And so I, uh, as a player, I, I would really dedicate a lot of my physical energy to that kind of thing where I, I, I was a very hard player and uh, very much. Uh, into not not so much being fancy as a, as a drummer, but just just the the constant repetition of the rhythm to get an audience into a into a state so they had a unique experience. And that served that served us very well for a long time. And what did you or what did you play in the in the band. I was. Uh, I played drum set in that band.
1: A regular Western drum set.
0: Yep, big old drum set.
1: Uh huh. Did you ever use African drums in it, uh, djembe or anything else, or just your drum set?
0: Well, we we did have a percussionist, and he did, but I I didn't. I played I played kit. Even though I I played African drums in college, I was my main thing was kit.
1: And would you say that that your influence in the way that you use. Drum kit that it by that African music, very much so.
0: I, I would I would, as we wrote, I would think about some of the rhythms that I had learned, and I would deconstruct them and put them on the different voices of a drum set, and it you know they weren't exact replicas. Like I you know, couldn't really do it that way, so they were these hybrids that were you know heavily influenced from that.
1: And are you guys still playing and tour? Well. Nobody's touring now, in the midst yeah. of COVID. But I mean, up until COVID, have you guys been still performing as a group? Uh, no, I left in two thousand five.
0: Um, mm-hmm. the The touring life is really tough in general. Uh, but with a, with a young family, I I decided to get out in two thousand five and and raise my kids, and did I did a one hundred and eighty into academia. It was it was. Uh, I f- literally fell into that. <laughs> not, so let's talk about
1: that then. So, so you went from this uh, this phase in your life of creating music, playing music, touring, recording, all of that. You fell into academia. Tell us about that. <laughs> One of our last shows uh, that, that I
0: played. They 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 still they still were playing as of like a year or two ago. I'm not sure what they're doing now. One of our last shows was at a university, uh, Indiana University of Pennsylvania. Uh, 2,000 rather drunk college students. In the middle of the show, the power goes out. And so I go to the front of the stage and I divide this, this big crowd into two parts. I give one part a simple clapping rhythm. I give the other part uh, a vocal rhythm and a, uh, and, a, and a separate clapping rhythm. So it was just a simple polyrhythm. And they did this, and they thought it was the best thing that they had ever done before. They're, you know, having a grand old time. They get the power working. We finish the show, and I meet somebody after the show. I was in, introduced to this guy named Chuck Olson, who was the chairman of fine arts at Saint Francis University. And he said, "What in the world was that? What what compelled you to do this?" And I said, "Well, you know, I do these these workshops where I teach people how to do." Ah uh, traditional rhythms, and I teach people how to create music together, uh, even if they're beginners that that's always been my thing is is to really accept anybody who's who's interested and he said, "Well, will you come to St. Francis and do one?" and of course I did, and the president of the university showed up that night, and little did I know it was you know Chuck had this design that he he wanted to try to get me up there in the event that I ever left rusted root and you know, lo and behold, about six months later, I, I had left the band. And I was sort of just floating out in the world, not not knowing what I was going to do. And, and he called me out of the blue and said, hey, if, if I could create a position for you, you know, would you would you take it? And I said, well, <laughs> I would definitely take it. But I I don't. Uh, he's like, you have your bachelor's degree, right? <laughs> I said, well, I left college with 12 credits to go and joined a band. And he said, well, you have to go right now. You have to go sign up and do these credits, get them done. I'll, I'll cover for you. I won't tell them. <laughs> and, uh, and he did. He risked his whole reputation on just that I would finish school, which I did. And eventually went on to get a master's degree and all that stuff. Um, but it was, uh, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to do it. And, I, and I, I told him that he's like, listen, I've, I've watched you teach, you teach better than a lot of the other uh, folks we have up here, I'll show you what you need to know. And, and you're just going to learn as you go. And so he gave me gave me license to figure out, you know, who I could become. And, uh, and you know, 15 years later, um, I have a, you know, this a program that I've developed, it's one of two in the country, it's, it's called music and wellness right now, it's a minor. We're hoping eventually to make it like a certificate level course uh, or certificate level um, concentration, and the whole idea is is showing people how to use music, music strategies, you know, music devices uh, to improve health and well being. It's the whole. It's the whole
1: thing. Well, that is that brings us to, of course, what the podcast is about in general. How does music? create wellness? There are uh, a
0: number of ways and these, these are researched ways that music can help a person to be healthier. In, you know, in a simple way, simple music listening, and everybody knows this can can give us just a sense of well being, it can uh, boost mood, it can help us to release stress. It can help us to tap into old memories for people who um, are older adults uh, with, you know, neurodegenerative de- diseases like Alzheimer's. It can actually help those people to have some level of communication with uh, with their loved ones, even if they're really far into dementia. And that's because the the part of the brain that stores music is one of the last to to be affected by these diseases and so uh, we see we see that we see the ability of uh, of simple singing uh, or even humming uh, to have a big effect on a person's what's called the vagus nerve which is uh one of the major parts of the of the nervous system and we can help that nerve to actually strengthen just just by doing simple sound workouts each day and when we do this it helps us to create a a deeper sense of resilience to stress it helps us to bounce back quicker Um, drumming helps people to build new neural connections especially if we're doing new patterns Um, and that's that's really just the beginning there's so so many more places we could go with it. Um, As I, as I've researched it and explored, you know, the possibility, what what I recognize is that there's quite a bit of really good research out there. And we're talking research that you would find on PubMed and NIH, you know, not, not just somebody's blog somewhere. And realize that even though music therapy is a is an amazing and growing field, that there was this little gap in between having nothing and then having a full on music therapist. Um, and so, so I decided to to fill that gap with a program that, that showed anyone who was willing how to do uh, interactive music making with rhythm. And, uh, and this, this has become you a know, really key part of what I do in the world where I'll go to organizations, who work with people that are recovering from addiction, or people who have different disabilities, uh, and and that that's really all over the map. Uh, I'm getting ready to do a lot of work with the VA, and really my whole thing is showing anyone who's interested how to engage people in these exercises. And what I've put together are uh, a whole collection, uh, a whole you know, several programs worth of, of learning modules that a person can practice and learn and then take to people and either present full on music and wellness programs on their own, or even just take one strategy and use it as part of, uh, maybe group therapy or, um, before a learning project as a way of helping, helping whoever that person is on the other end. To engage more, to feel more connected with the people they're around, to feel that they have a voice to express,
1: and so that's you know that that's the the niche that I'm I'm filling with that. So, Jim, I I know that you're doing this work, and you personally are teaching it and doing an amazing job. Thank you. Uh, I guess my question is if you can give us an example of somebody who learned this process from you and how they're applying it in various different ways in the world.
0: Sure, uh, there, there's a lot of them. I have uh, a group of people at a, at a company, they're called Resources for Human Development. They work with a lot of folks with intellectual disabilities. Uh, they work with homeless people, uh, you know, a lot of disadvantaged. And during the pandemic, you know, we're all on zoom. And, and I, you know, since last year, have been teaching people how to do this over video teleconference, so they can still serve these folks who are r- really having, uh, probably a, a, an extra level of challenge, because they, they aren't able to have the same services that they, they once had, uh, when they were able to be in person. And uh so these are people including uh just regular psychological therapists people who are um occupational therapists recreational therapists who some of whom have no music background whatsoever and they get people engaged and they they report that people uh love that they can you know, do music together with just instruments or sounds that they have in their house, it doesn't doesn't even need to be a, a official instrument. They love the movement exercises that we do. Uh, and just the, the big thing is that they engage that, that they are not just sitting and watching, but they're in the act of doing and that is the uh, that's the special sauce in all, all of this. So let Probably the, b- the bigger thing I just want to say real quick sure. is that it's accessible immediately. The learning curve is next to zero uh, for, for the participant.
1: And what exactly are you offering to the public? I, so some of what you've been describing has to do with your work within organizations to develop the people who can do this work. What about the listener who wants to know more about how to do this?
0: Sure. Well, I offer trainings. Um, I have another one coming up in June, and if you went to uh, if you go to my Facebook page, it's Jim Donovan Sound Health, and then click on events, uh, you'll you'll see it there. And you can also search me on the website Eventbrite, and that's uh, Eventbrite is B R I T E. Just search my name Jim Donovan, and you'll see all my different virtual programs that are happening. I, I usually have about uh one one a month i do trainings i do series of uh of drumming workshops on on virtually which doesn't doesn't sound like it would work and i i didn't think it would work until i until we did it and it actually can be pretty pleasing so yeah there's
1: there's a lot of opportunities to to get involved with that if you want to absolutely so you're still doing that so you're so to kind of sum up what you're involved in now, you're still teaching within the college, and you're offering these things on your own uh, that are yes. via Zoom now. Are yes. you looking to do in-person events in the future? For sure, for sure. The, these these events work really
0: wonderfully in person. That's that's what they were designed for, and the moment it's safe to do that, we'll be doing we'll be doing both. Um, because I, w- one beautiful thing is I've been able to serve people all over the world now uh, because I'm offering things virtually. And that's that's the first time that's happened. So that feels good. So we'll keep doing both.
1: Yeah, it's nice to be able to connect with a national or even an international audience at this point. It is. And where are you located? I live in southwestern PA near Pittsburgh. Excellent. All right. So as we get close to wrapping it up, Jim, can you give everybody the contact information one more time for people who might like to try out one of your either single events or the, the series? Sure. There's, a, there's a couple resources for you. So, um,
0: the best place to find events it's, uh, Jim Donovan sound health, and you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. And then if you go to Donovan health, D O N O v a n health.com. That's where I have all of my sound based courses. And those are, um, that's all the vagus nerve stimulation material I was talking about. I have um, a whole library of these tutorials, there's over over 90 of them, I have 27 audio tools for everything from sleep, to, you know, strengthening the nervous system, to brain health, heart health, all that stuff. So that's donovanhealth.com. You can find that. And that website is a great resource. If you're interested in uh, research based music and wellness, I have a whole slew of free articles there. They've got exercises in them. Um, I've got a podcast called The Jim Donovan Show. All that stuff is free, you can check it out. um, And I think you'll find it valuable.
1: I absolutely think our listeners can find great value in in everything that you've described. So Jim Donovan, thank you so much for being with me again for our interview part two. Uh, You're welcome, Bob. Thanks so much. This was a pleasure. And thanks everybody for listening.
0: This has been Healing and Spirituality in World Cultures with Robert Vetter. Thanks for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and share with everyone you know who might benefit from these messages. Until next time, remember, be kind and loving to yourself and others. Together, we can heal ourselves and help build a better world.